Hello, and welcome to Better Money with Elements Financial. I'm your host, Miranda Finley. I'm a certified financial wellness professional who has worked with thousands of people in all walks of life. And I'm also a real person with real financial experiences. I'm going to chat from both personal and professional viewpoints to help make your money better. Today, we're going to talk about home buying basics and what starting that process looks like on both the lender and agent sides. Now, the real estate market has been highly competitive and fast moving, and the current state of the market can add to what can already be considered a stressful process. I feel it's important to partner with the right experts to help you navigate, and I have two of them with me today. So first up, I want to introduce Amy Spillman of Century 21 Sheets. She's a realtor broker based out of central Indiana. After 12 years in sales, including eight in a national role at a Fortune 500 company, she decided to apply that skill set to become a real estate broker in 2018. She was awarded Rookie of the Year by Century 21 Sheets in 2019 and individually achieved Centurion status in 2020. As a result of her growing business, she proudly launched the Spillman Group in January of 2021, which has been recognized as a Quality Service Award-winning team. Additionally, we have Justin Montour, who's one of our very own, a mortgage loan originator for Elements. He's celebrating 10 years with Elements and started in business development, then transferred to the mortgage department in 2018. He specializes in assisting to find the right loan for his clients, including first-time homebuyer and loans for professionals, while walking side-by-side with them through the loan process. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. I need to take a breather after that list of accomplishments (laughs) from both both of you. Feel free to take a drink. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. Well done. There's a lot of great things to say about you. And like I said, I feel like it's really important to partner with experts that are in um, the process every single day, working with people to help them through to find solutions uh, when it comes to home buying. So I want to start off with the very basics. If someone is in the market to purchase a home, what do you think their first step should be? Normally, I'd kick it over to Amy, but I know she's going to say you need to get pre-qualified, talk to a lender. So I'll uh, I'll jump on this one. All right. Yeah. We're talking to a lender first is going to put your affairs in order in such a way that you can make an offer, a confident offer, uh, that a seller is going to have paperwork uh, and they're going to know a lender has vetted you. They've looked at your personal information. So as a, as a lender, I can say uh, the, the main things we look at up front, we're going to look at your credit score, mm-hmm. which is definitely the, the biggest influence on your interest rate. Not the only one, but the, but the strongest one. Uh, we're going to look at income. We're going to look at how you make money, uh, whether it's salaried, hourly, whether you're commission, if you're self-employed. Uh, all of those are going to have kind of their own nuances as far as the lending process go. Uh, and we're going to look at assets. We're going to look at where your money is. Do you have money saved? Uh, do you have money that's being gifted? Do you have money in a retirement account that you plan on using? So that would be some of the first conversations that I have with a client. And then um, and then they would move on to the realtor side of things. All right. So after somebody has received a pre-qualification and um, they've handled all of that. So I assume through that process, you're also kind of figuring out how much you may be qualified to purchase, what kind of payments you could expect. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I'd like to put a think I'd like to think I put a bit of a different spin on it. A lot of lenders are going to take all of your information and then just crank out, here's the most house you can possibly buy. Uh, and that can be useful in some cases, but I think most folks want to know, like you said, what my monthly payment's going to be. And a lot of folks have an idea of how much they can already afford from a housing payment. You might be pre-approved for a million-dollar house, but if you don't want to make a million-dollar home monthly payment, 
then you shouldn't shop for million-dollar houses. Absolutely. So. And I want to pick out something that you said. You said what they want to afford. So I think there's a difference between what you can afford and what you want to afford. And you're you're looking at that credit profile when it comes to the pre-qualification, but not all of your obligations might be listed on your credit report. So there's going to be food and a lot of other things that you need to make your world go round. So I like that you help determine a budget that might be more comfortable for them and what they want to afford versus just what they can afford or what some other institutions will crank out for them. So if they have all of that down and you've helped them determine a budget more often, then that's where we come into Amy's realm of expertise. Yes, yeah. So we love to see people coming to us that have already spoken to a lender because it helps real estate agents feel more confident when we're showing them homes that if they would fall in love with something and if they were ready to make an offer that we are well prepared for them and that we can confidently submit that offer to an agent knowing that they had that prequalification done. Right. So it does really help um, with us in trying to navigate the best path for them. Now, with that being said, I love what you guys were saying about the um, what you can afford versus what you want to afford because in this market, we really don't want to see people you know, maxing, maxing out because there's so many nuances that we have to make in our offers that we need a little bit of room to work with. So I think it's really important that people think about that when they are talking with their lender about how much they can afford versus how much they want to afford. And it sounds like flexibility is important through the process, but particularly right now with how the market is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Highly competitive market right now. Um, we just actually were in some meetings yesterday talking about how, um, you know, they're they're talking, they're saying it's a low inventory. But in reality, we actually have the same amount of inventory that we've had for the past several years. And I can't remember the exact statistics, but it was very similar amount of inventory. We've just seen such an increase in buyer activity and buyer demand. So that's where this pressure is coming into play. Um, And it really does make a difference for those buyers that can be most qualified um, when they're competing against others. If they have everything in order in advance, it makes them have the best opportunity to win. That sounds great. And I did a little bit of research, and what I found was that year over year, the inventory has only changed about 3%. Exactly. So it's not been crazy, at least here in Indiana, um, from what I was able to find. So I know throughout the shopping process, and maybe the type of home you're looking for can kind of be determined by the right loan for you. So Justin, I want to talk about different types of loans, um, how credit can impact the type of loan you qualify for, down payment, things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we we do uh, in the pre-qualification process, again, we do pull credit. That's a FICO score, but it's actually called a, a tri-merge in the mortgage world. That's the three major bureaus, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. And we take the three scores that come from there. And in the mortgage world, they throw out the high score and the low score. They don't average them. They do not like a, a median. It's just the, the middle scores, but they used to uh, to qualify you. And again, I, I mentioned that's the, that's the biggest factor for the types of loans and the types of interest rates you get. Uh, but Elements, as a financial institution, we offer all the types of loans you can get. You can get conventional loans. There's FHA, VA, USDA. Those are all kind of government-backed. Uh, we also have a, a suite of portfolio programs as well. So um, those portfolio options can be uh, stand out as far as uh, in the multiple offer situation. 
Well, and that means there's a lot more flexibility too. So um, for those of us um, that might not understand uh, about how loans are kept on on portfolio, Element shoots to keep about 60% of the loans that we close on portfolio. And those programs include our first-time homebuyer program and our professional program. Those programs allow us to have a little bit more wiggle room around qualifying and the types of benefits that can be offered with those because we keep them on our books. And I know, Amy, you have some experience in those different types of programs. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the best parts about Elements and why I have often referred people to at least shop them and talk to them and see what they have to offer because they do offer um, such a wide breadth of opportunities. You know, the physician loan, the professional program that they offer allows um, medical professionals the opportunity to do a 0% down, which is 100% financing yeah, on a And that's a really, really impactful thing for folks that might still have student loans, might just be getting started. So that has been a really great program for them. Same thing with first-time homebuyers. They often are just on the cusp, you know, on being able to save enough to qualify and to be able to invest in their first home. So if they have a program that offers them a lower percentage down but then waives that, what we typically see, private mortgage insurance Mm -hmm. on the low percent down loans, that's just – additional money in their pocket that they can save, they can invest, they can spend on the home, or we might need to use in order to win the home. Absolutely. Um, and, and kind of speaking to that, because you do have experience working with a wide breadth of lenders, what are some tips you have for people that are, are kind of, you know, I feel like there are a lot of things grabbing at our attention. There's a lot of advertising out there. And since you've worked with multiple lenders, what would you tell people to look out for? Yeah, I think it's very important to shop around and to find the right fit for you. Not all of the marketing promotions that you see are created equal. So there might be a shiny object with a really pretty interest rate on a Mm. website or on a flyer somewhere. But behind the scenes, there's often a lot of fees that come up that are baked into that. And that is not necessarily an apples to apples comparison if you're looking at one lender to the next. So it's super important to really go through the process with each lender that you're shopping and have them fully analyze and break out their fee structure, all of the different things that you're going to expect to see with that. That loan because it is likely that that shiny object percentage rate possibly is going to be just how they draw you in, but it's not ultimately going to be the best deal for you. Absolutely. And just as a reminder, we went over this in our FICO episode, but if you are attempting to be a smart consumer and you are shopping multiple lenders for the same reason within a short period of time, 45 days, you can have multiple lenders run your credit without it damaging your credit. So all of those inquiries that you have reporting to your credit from multiple lenders are going to count as one inquiry. So in the long run, it's not going to negatively impact your credit if you choose to shop like Amy's suggesting. Well, great reminder. Yeah, that's, yep, that's something that's something that the previous generation, I think, they got burned on. And mm-hmm. so I know a lot of my first-timers are very concerned about, is this going to hurt my credit? Are you going to pull my credit? I've already had another lender yes. pull my credit. Yeah. Uh, and so it just isn't as much of a factor anymore. Also, something I wanted to add on to Amy was um, a lot of the first-timers, folks who haven't shopped before, are typically consumed with interest rate 
whereas um, you know almost all the conventional government loans, mm-hmm. um, you, you're shopping lenders and you're shopping that same conventional program or a FHA loan. The rate's going to be the same or within an eighth of a point. And so uh, the, the other great reason to compare and to have more than one lender is to be able to compare fee sheets and closing costs. Uh, to her point, the shiny offer, sometimes those are, are extra fees that are padded in there that makes it uh, less less than desirable. So it's, it's good to have a side-by-side. Yep. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing um, for an Elements first-time homebuyer example, your rate might be a little bit higher on that type of loan um, depending on other qualifying factors, but not having having to pay 50 to $200 of PMI each month, um, potentially indefinitely, because there are some loan programs that have um, MIP or PMI indefinitely, that can add up over time. So weighing out those options and seeing if that increase in interest rate is going to cost you more over time versus, um, versus the fees that you see on the back end with some other loan offers. And I think the average time that people spend in a first home is about five to seven years. So if you're not going to carry that loan to a full 30-year term, then that interest rate over 30 years isn't going to be as significant as getting in with a lower down payment, um, which is 5% at elements, um, and not paying that private mortgage insurance that you would endure for that full five to seven years. Yep. Yeah, I do let first-timers know if you have 5% down, you're looking at about 11 to 12 years of monthly payments before you'll have enough equity that the, the PMI will drop off. So I don't know what you knew what you I don't know what you if you knew what you were doing eleven years from now when you bought your first house, I sure didn't. Nope. And yeah, the average life of a loan of a mortgage loan in general is is only seven and a half, eight years next. So yeah, most first timers, it's not the house they are going to live in forever. So that's awesome. That's really good information. I want to turn it back over to Amy and actually talk about the house hunting process because I feel like hunting is a very apt um, <laughs> way to uh, to look at it. Yes, yes it's, it's um, uh, hunt or be hunted right now in the market. Yeah, may the odds be ever in your yes, favor. Yes, it is very Hunger Games-esque. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how does that process look typically if someone comes to you, say they've done all of the right steps, they've gotten pre-qualified, they have their lender chosen or maybe are still narrowing down but have it at least one pre-qual so they have an idea of budget and what they want to be looking at. What happens from there? Sure. So I always like to meet with the buyers first or have a phone call, a conversation, and just ask a lot of questions. Just really start to get a feel for what they're looking for in a home, how they live, what kind of amenities they may need, if there's a commute that we need to keep in mind, if there's you know any factors that should be pulled out to really help them narrow it down. It can feel very overwhelming when you get started. And in this market right now, there is just not a ton of inventory. So we it's best if we can be really specific so yeah. that we can look at the right things for them. So, so a few like non-negotiables up yes, front exactly. and things that you would like but maybe aren't necessary. Yes. Yep. And then really we start them on a search. I um, I often just put a, a search together where we will have them on an ASAP is what we call it, alert, so that as soon as something hits the market, they get that email or that text so that they know immediately to look at it. And then we often have to just go, you know, run out and look at it that day so that we can be competitive. But um, it's it is a bit of a process. You know, I, I typically kind of warn people now in this market that we might have to write offers on, you know, three to five homes before we get to that one. And with each one, you get a little bit you know, more um, creative and you can kind of finesse things and you start to realize what might need to be done to win. But it is a process kind of getting people there because it doesn't exactly feel 
right or normal. It's it's not natural um, to, to go through this process in the market the way that it is right well, now. Yeah, because buying a home is one of the largest financial decisions, if not the largest exactly. financial decision you're going to make in your life. So making sure you partner with somebody. Like I love that you said you have to be creative and you kind of learn to do that. It sounds like you have enough experience that you're creative to begin with. So as long as the person is willing to like strap in and take yeah. the ride with you yeah. um, and understand, like, I love that it sounds like you set some pretty healthy expectations up front. Like, this is how the market is. I don't want to um, don't want to beat around the bush. And um, this is something that you can expect to happen. But I'm here for the process and I'm willing exactly. to work with you. Yeah. It's important to manage the expectations up front. So there's not a huge disappointment if it's not the very first house that you walk into that you write an offer and you win and you get to move in in 30 days. Yes. Yeah. Mi- yes. Mitigating some yeah. of that like heartbreak, yes. I'm sure, is part of your job. Like, Managing uh, expectations yeah. is always huge. Yeah. yeah. That's um, the same kind of conversation I have with, a, with, a, with a, whether you're a first timer or not. Like you said, it's a big financial decision. Decisions often the most stressful thing that you'll do. It's in the top five most stressful things you do in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's up there. And I, I tell my borrowers, you know, we're not going to make, we're not going to have a magic stress-free uh, process. I will try and make it as stress-less as it is. But it, managing expectations, there's there are going to be some hiccups. There might be some documents that you didn't know you had to find that you're going to have to look for. Uh, what comes up in underwriting? But yeah, I, I love that. Manage expectations up front, and then you're. Like you said, mitigating any kind of potential disappointments because um, you do. You have to trust these people. You have to trust a realtor. You have to trust your lender. I joke with folks. It's like picking a doctor and a mechanic on the same day. <laughs> picking a realtor and a lender is like these people know swaths of things that you don't know that you just have to trust them with. Um, so it helps to have that relationship and build that up front and be just up, up front and honest. I love that. Yeah. So when we talk about um, the way you handle your clients, Amy, um, and the expectations you set up front, um, the process and how sometimes it's like, you know, a split time decision and that you're making some pretty big decisions in a short period of time, like all of that sounds pretty nerve wracking. And it sounds like you're somebody I'd want on my side in the process. (laughs) But I think a question that I see a lot when it comes to real estate agents is how do I pay you? So how do you get yeah. paid in the transaction? Great question. great question. So what people are most familiar with and has been most traditional is that the seller is the one that pays both the buyer and the seller's broker. In this market, we've seen a little bit of change with that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, still more often than not, mm-hmm. the seller is responsible. So buyers can rest assured in most cases that they are actually getting a free service, a complimentary service by a buyer's agent to show them the homes, to write that offer, to manage the inspection and the appraisal process mm-hmm. and get them to the closing table, which, to be honest, that's a great amenity you know, to have. But I will say in this market, we have seen um, some buyers have been willing to pay their buyer's side uh, to the, the commission for their buying agent to represent them as an additional way to be creative in that offer process so to further their chances mm-hmm. to win. So it's been a little bit different, and mm-hmm. we've seen that just recently. But typically, the buyer is represented free of charge, and then the seller um, side of things is taking care of both commissions. Okay, I'm glad we got that out of the way because I feel like money <laughs> money talks, yes, and like that's really yeah. interesting oh, sure. that traditionally it's been win way, but with the competitive market, we've seen a little bit of um, changing. Okay, so uh, once we found a house that we're interested in, and and you know we kind of know that it's within the budget, that it, it meets some of those non negotiables or the things that we might like to have that we've already discussed. 
what happens with submitting an offer. Sure. So I'm a huge proponent of having open communication with the agent representing the seller. I think it's absolutely the most important thing that you can do is to set up that um, upfront. What does the seller, what are they looking for? Have that communication in advance so that you can tailor your offer appropriately. So I'm a big fan of calling and getting all of those lay of the land type things first. And then we talk about what are the most important things and what we can do. And, you know, with some buyers, it's just not an option to shift things. But I have kind of come up with a formula where I have multiple levers that you can pull. And I present all of them to the buyers. And I say, if we pull this one, this one, this one, this is likely, you know, to be the right formula. If we don't, we have a less likely chance, but we have all of these options at our disposal, and we just have to find the right ones to pull. And that's based off of your knowledge of the seller side of the transaction, the market, and then also what might be comfortable or uncomfortable for your buyer. Exactly. Yeah. And it comes with experience. It comes with having written them multiple times, seeing what's won in the past. It's also very custom to the seller, like you said. And you have to still work within people's ability. You know, we we could write crazy offers. We can come up with mm-hmm. all sorts of things. But if it's outside the buyer's comfort level, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, or outside of their budget. Exactly. Or if they qualified for a particular type of loan, you know that the home is going to need to appraise exactly. to back up that Very loan. Very important so. part right now. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yes. yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, but uh, say that at the end of the day, you've pulled the correct levers and the sellers are like, yep, this is it. This is the one. Yeah. What happens then? Then I get to make that exciting phone call. And that's the best part, you know, calling somebody, especially the first-time homebuyers, and saying, we won, is just a feeling that is never going to get old. I mean, it continues to just bring so much joy to both, you know, realtors and then to those buyers. They are so happy and excited, and it's just such a wide array of emotions. So we get to, you know, congratulate and have a party, and it's very exciting for a minute. And then we kind of have to get to work after that because Mm -hmm. that's when the loan process starts and the inspection process. And there's a good 30 days of things. Things that still have to happen after that big exciting moment. Okay, and so and not every um, interaction has to be like inspection contingent, correct? But a lot of times there is an inspection, and then there's always an appraisal done by the the lender, correct? Right. So if we're going to transition that back to Justin's side of thing, how is this looking once you know that there's an accepted offer and that we're going to move forward in the transaction with this buyer and this property? Yeah, absolutely. So that's when they have an accepted offer. They've got a contract. They have a closing date. There's you know an address that they've um, decided on. That's when the lender comes back into play. That's when the processing and underwriting uh, phases kind of start. And uh, I tell folks sometimes it's a hurry up and wait. Sometimes we need we we know we need these six things from you, and then we wait until we can get uh, the back in line for the underwriters to look. Elements has always done a great job of keeping our turn time really low. I think uh, there's there's loans we've turned around as fast as 21 days, purchase loans. So it's uh, we have a great infrastructure in place for processors, underwriters, case openers, closers, uh, the, all those guys. Um, but mainly the the borrower is going to be in touch with the uh, with me as, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm, I'm with them from cradle to the grave as far as the process goes, we get them pre-approved all the way to closing, and then um, we'll have a processor that's assigned to our case that typically reaches out via email or our online portal, and so that processor um, is going to reach out regarding like additional documentation needed. Um, the processor is also going to do a check for employment, correct? Yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes. Uh, so when we talk, we'll go back and talk. 
talk about closing costs. I break those down to lender and title fees. And then there are your prepaids, there are um, reserves. So a a lender is going to have processors, underwriters. I already mentioned all the staff that are involved. Mm -hmm. A title company is going to be running searches. There's going to be title insurance that you run that protects you uh, in the event of something showing up on the deed after a closing. Um, So, uh, again, I I try and explain those things to my borrowers uh, to the extent that they need to know. I I always joke with my folks, you don't need a a PhD in lending when you're done with this. Hopefully, you're not going to do this for several more years. Mm -hmm. And by then, it'll all all look different anyway. The industry is constantly changing. So I try and give them as much as they need to make the the next step and make the next decision um, and and make them feel comfortable with moving forward. That's great. So in this market, you know, we've mentioned several times the market is looking a little different than it has historically. Are there any words of encouragement or tips for people looking to buy currently? Yeah, I'll take it first. Yeah, um, I would say uh, there is always there's always hope, right? So so if you come and you're trying to buy a house and you are in low or or um, not satisfactory credit range, um, let Elements help. We have credit counselors. We have folks who'll walk you through um, your report. We'll give you a, a strategy for what to work on. Uh, the the nice the not so nice thing about credit reports it can take several months for those things to take effect. Um, if you're middling or, or decent credit, you know acceptable credit range, and you're striking out, you're making offers. Um, cons- again, consider the folks uh, you're working with. Consider the market that you're buying in. Uh, realtors are going to have all sorts of tips and tricks. Uh, one thing I like that I've seen in the, in the over the last year and a half that's been successful are uh, like a, like a appraisal discrepancy. How would you word those? Yeah, name? we call it a gap. You know, to cover the gap. If there's a gap between our offer price and the appraisal price, to be able to have the cash to cover that is really really effective in this market right now. Yeah, and the nice thing if you if you're bringing more than a minimum down payment, um, you have cash in hand that you. Can can possibly make one of those gap offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of, one of the things I tell folks in a 30-year loan, $1,000 of loan amount is about $5 of payment. So if you're worried about taking $10,000 away from your loan to make an appraisal gap offer, you know, that's we're talking about $50 yeah. out of the monthly payment really is what that would amount to. That so it's sense. it's hard in the on the, on the upfront when you're looking at thousands of dollars to to put that into what a monthly payment actually processes. But but I love that formula and I was so glad that you shared that with me. Um you know, probably a year and a half ago, I use it all the time with my buyers too when we're trying to talk through, okay, we're going to have to offer 10 or $20,000 above what the list price is. Feels like a lot. Which feels like a ton, mm-hmm. but it's not paying that all out of pocket up front. It is that $5 per month formula that makes it feel more palatable. And when people look at it in that kind of frame, then they can sort of get comfortable with what they have to offer in this market to be able to win. Yeah, and it's tools like this and tips like this that um, always brings me back to it's never too early to have a conversation. So if you anticipate making a large purchase like a home, I never feel like it's too early to have a conversation with a loan officer or a credit union rep to go over um, if your credit score is optimal or how you can optimize it before you lock into an interest rate for 15, 20, 30 years to discuss the amount of money you might need to work to save. So I don't know about you, but my 
my money doesn't grow on trees. So when I saved for the down payment on my home, it took months of planning and intentionally putting aside money out of each paycheck so I could get that amount that I wanted. It included my closing costs. Um, it, it included the amount that I needed to bring to table for my prepaids. It included that down payment. And then also I was moving into a house that was bigger and I knew I would need to furnish it and paint and you know do all of these things to make it feel like my own. So having that conversation early so I could try to anticipate how much money I might need to have set aside was really beneficial for me. Um, and I think it probably would be for you too. So I think that both of you um, are just a wealth of knowledge and you've sold me on you guys. Um, uh, it sounds like you know a lot about the market, a lot about how things process. And when you're making a really large decision, um, that is something that you might be unfamiliar with. It's really important to have those people in your corner. But what else do you think sets you guys apart in your industry? Amy, I'll start with you. Sure. Well, I think maybe one of the best things is um, that I came from a background in sales and a lot of negotiations, a lot of experience, and deals that were very, very large dollar amounts previously in a corporate-type setting. So there's not much in real estate that scares me right now. And so I'm really, really confident in my ability to get people to the point that they can win that house and I can write the right formula for them. I also have just a really um, deep desire to please people and have a customer service experience that they're happy with. So you can know that I'm going to be super committed to you. And sometimes it's almost like a phobia yeah. <laughs> or a syndrome. <laughs> not, syndrome. My husband probably doesn't love it because I'm often on the phone at wee hours in the night and early mornings, but I'm very committed to making sure that your experience is, is good and memorable and positive and that um, you feel like I am available and at your service at any time. Yeah. And I feel like it's important with such a large transaction and such what can be a stressful process process, like Justin emphasized, that the person on the other end, you know, you have all of these transactions that you do on a regular basis. You're working with multiple people, but your ability to make people feel like their biggest thing that they're going through is also a big thing for you. And understanding that, communicating that, empathizing with that is worth its weight in gold. So I love that. What about you, Justin? What sets you apart? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll echo with Amy because we've had the uh, the privilege of doing a few transactions on either side where she's been the listing agent or the buying agent. And uh, yeah, her, her clients are always just pleased as punch. So um, as far as Elements goes, you know, that's um, – we are we were actually – last year we were determined to be the number one financial institution lender for purchases in central Indiana. It's kind of a mouthful, but it means out of all the banks and credit unions in central Indiana, as far as purchase loans go, we were the number one giver of those loans, which means we were winning – many of these multiple offer situations in this crazy market. So uh, there is something, there is power in a pre-approval letter from specific institutions, uh, other financial institutions that will not go named, um, maybe don't have as much luck. <laughs> but uh, the other thing about Elements, you know, we've curated a, a really professional team, not just of lenders, uh, of the processors, of those underwriters. Uh, we have a, a great infrastructure to get your loan from beginning to end. Um, and then me personally, who had oh, I was just gonna say it still it instills a lot of confidence, you know, in the listing agents when we see an elements pre approval come through with an offer, we know with confidence it's going to get to the table, it's going to get done, it's going to be complete, and it's going to be well done. So it's a really nice nice thing, and it speaks to the team that you guys have in place and the commitment that you've made your customers. That just fills me with so much pride. Say, can't say better than that. I'll leave <laughs> I know. it there. <laughs> that sounds great. So. Um, Everybody's ready to work with you guys. Where can they find you? 
Yeah. So Century 21 Sheets, The Spillman Group. Um, our website is thespillmangrp.com um, or on our Instagram, spillmangrp also. Um, or, you know, you can always call and um, I'm sure there's a place that we can put phone numbers and websites and everything after this. Absolutely. And Justin, where can they reach you? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm always available. So the mortgage lenders aren't necessarily always at the headquarters building downtown, but emails jmontor at elements.org. And uh, I'm also on Facebook and some social media stuff, LinkedIn, all those normal things. So That's wonderful. Well, thank you both for uh, sharing your wealth of knowledge with me today. It was a pleasure to have you. And listeners, thank you for joining us on Better Money with Elements Financial as we walk through the home buying process. We hope you were able to take something away from this to make your money better. Next week, we'll be doing a deep dive on a behind-the-scenes process, underwriting, so be sure to join us for that. If you need anything from us in the meantime, visit elements.org slash bettermoney Or if you want to work with Justin or Amy, you can reach out and email us at bettermoneyatelements.org. Thank you so much and have a good day. 